and welcome to Worst Best Sellers, where we read about straight people so you don't have to. I'm Kate, and I'm going solo uh, for this episode. And for this one, we read Straight by Chuck Tingle. Joining me to discuss this queer horror novella are Laura and Ren, friends of the pod. Hello, Laura. Hello. Great to be here, Kate. Hi, Ren. Hello. It's so good to be back as a voice from the past. It's true. <laughs> you may recognize both Laura and Ren. I think you guys have both done regular episodes for us too, right? Uh, yes. 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 But also for past episodes where we talk about queer things without Renata. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Renata. Um, and we're back to read this spooky queer book without Ooh. Renata, who's taking a break. <laughs> no, no cisgender straight people allowed today it's, it's not safe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's spooky season i've been wanting to read this for a while it seemed like a good excuse to read it and the second i came up with the idea i was like i feel like this is an awkward episode to record with a cisgender straight person <laughs> You know, obviously, there are going to be cis straight people who are listening to it, and that's, like, fine and all, but I feel like discussion around this would really be, like, most fruitful with other queer folks, which is why mm -hmm. I invited our backup queer folks to <laughs> to come here and so read it. So glad to be one of the backup queers. <laughs> A lifelong dream. Yeah, so so that's kind of, I guess, like, the background of what I was thinking about when I put this idea together. You know, we've read some Chuck Tingle before on the pod, mostly like the silly, like over the top one. So I was very intrigued by the concept that he wrote a, forgive my parlance here, my parlance here, a straight hard <laughs> novel. <laughs> Someone needed to say it. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know how else to phrase it. Uh, you know, like a, a genuinely, like a genuine piece um, I mean, not that, not that the, not that the Tinglers aren't, but like a, a hmm. serious, I guess, horror novel, and yeah. that I was very intrigued by the concept that it was like stray people are bad. <laughs> <laughs> stray people are bad. Not only are stray people bad, but everyone knows it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like mm. everyone has to acknowledge it in some way. <laughs> it's like we can't hide. It's from okay it though. They have a vaccine yeah. for that. <laughs> if you take it <laughs> and oh. there were some parts of that that was like oh it's too soon it's too soon yeah <laughs> there's a lot of layer of allegory happening yes yeah. <laughs> um so when i reached out had you folks heard of this book what were your thoughts when you received my email i hadn't heard of this one i was aware that chuck tingle occasionally were, writes more I get, serious isn't the right word, but more uh, straightforward uh, books or novellas. Uh, but I had not specifically heard of this one before. Yeah, I have before I before I escaped from basically all social media a couple of years ago. Uh, I did really enjoy following Chuck Tingle on Twitter, but Twitter was my primary source of like book knowledge. And uh, other than my my wife, who reads way more than I do, and, and will occasionally drop a, a gem for me. But yeah, I had not heard of this one because I I live in a, a social media free bunker, sadly. But I was I was really intrigued by it when you brought it up. Yeah, I I also I had been intrigued, and it was like kind of 
like on my radar and on my list. And then semi-recently, someone I think in the Discord mentioned like, hey, have you, has anyone read this yet? And I was like, I do kind of like have the stream of maybe reading it on the show. And mm-hmm. I'm glad that we are we are making that that dream come true for me, Caitlin. <laughs> glad to help. Uh, yeah. Happy, happy to help. Uh, so why don't we why don't we go into actually describing this book for other folks who have probably yes. maybe not heard of it before? And uh, then uh, as we describe the plot, we can, you know, in true worst bestsellers fashion, dig into what we liked and what we what made us there's there was very little in this that I did not like from a like, you know, enjoyment perspective. There are just things mm. that I did not like in a society. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, I was just gonna. I mean, I, I don't know how to describe. And I guess it's like straight people bad is the very short. Yeah. Um, take one day of year, straight people real bad. Yeah, yes. extremely bad. Like, yeah, like the purge. But yeah, that. Yeah, it starts. It starts off um, about three years after what is called Saturation Day or Desaturation Day for reasons that are delved into um this this day in april three years prior to the start of the novel where like like a switch flipped and suddenly all of the cisgender straight people went like feral and started attacking all of the queer people and that like millions of queer people died and also many cis straight people died because they were you know fended off from being like crazed rabid feral zombies um and then like 24 hours later it stopped and like research since then has shown that it has something to do with this like weird blank spot in outer space but it does like there's a vaccine for crazy straight people disease Mm -hmm. (laughs) but much like the world now (laughs) How many people are actually utilizing the vaccine? <laughs> and how effective the vaccine is, depending yes. on... Because that was really interesting, right? Like, it seemed like kind of like the flu vaccine. It's like, well, we've guessed, but we hope we guess right. And if we don't guess right, bad consequences. <laughs> so the, the vaccine, I guess, has evolved over the last couple of years, trying to be more effective. So we're meeting it in progress to see how effective it's going to be. Yeah. And we're on the... This is the third time this has happened so we're still sort of figuring out like how effective this vaccine will be because it sort of worked last year yeah and we we've met our protagonist isaac Mm -hmm. who is a cis bi dude who the very first day of saturation his straight brother was visiting and he had to kill him uh to save himself and it like weighs very heavily on him Mm -hmm. And he and his friends, Hazel, Nora, and Jason, have decided this year they are going to a cabin out in the middle of the desert, Joshua Tree, away from their home in LA, in order to, like, wait out the day of saturation and the zombie straight people zombie horde by essentially hiding in the desert and playing board games and locking themselves away from everything. And they think this is going to be a great idea. Jason is a gay dude. Hazel is a trans lesbian woman. And Nora is, I think, a cis lesbian. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. 
And there is some like interesting stuff near the beginning where like Jason as like a cis white gay dude is kind of uncomfortable with Isaac and Hazel joining them because even though they're friends and they've been friends for a long time, there's still like a part of him that is like maybe doesn't believe that they're not like cis straight people deep down. <laughs> yeah. Can I, can I just say that was, that was really jarring. And I think we've already gone through some kind of horror stuff by this point in the book where we get to this, right. Cause we have yeah. a whole encounter with Isaac's creepy neighbor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, which I had to, I think, I mean, I was a little distracted maybe when I was reading that the first time, but I, I didn't realize what was happening and then I had to read it again. <laughs> um, but the, the, like the biphobia, the transphobia, I was just like, man, Jason, this ain't cute. <laughs> like, I don't know if I would be Jason's friend. I don't think I would go to Joshua Tree with Jason, uh, just on that basis as a bi person. I was just like, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> Like, enjoy. Enjoy your time. Enjoy your time in a place where people notably go missing. I just want to put that out there. Um, <laughs> are you are you suggesting that there's anything questionable about their plan? <laughs> I mean, we might get in. I suspect from the notes that we've given each other, we might get into some, <laughs> some discussion of the plan. <laughs> well, this, this I feel like is as good of a time as ever. So their plan is they're going to go out to Joshua Tree And they're going to, like, they got this Airbnb cabin, and they're going to, like, they can't board up the windows or anything because it's an Airbnb, but they're going to, like, black out the windows with black blankets and, like, keep the lights low and keep quiet and just stay there. Except... (laughs) So that's, that's already step one of the plan, and already I'm like, um... And... As they're driving out, they realize that they didn't stop for gas and all of the gas stations will be closing early because of. (laughs) And they don't have food. They were going to stop to get food, but they timed it badly and they the market is going to be closed. What? Guys, what are you doing? You didn't plan to get gas and food. I just want to say to you that Jason is super holier than thou uh, at, at the early part of the book about the lack of planning on other people's part. But I want to point out to you that Jason is the driver and has forgotten to get gas and forgotten that gas stations do not close. He has provisions, which turns out later to be a gun, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was very concerned that that. Come on, guys. You got to go to Trader Joe's the day beforehand, stock up, have your food, have a plan about what gas stations you're going to stop at. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, these are the least anxious queer people I've ever met. (laughs) It was incredible. I I mean, I was just like, I I know, you know, the last, uh, how do I want to say this? I did write, I wrote some notes uh, as I was taking this and, and one of them was just all caps do not stop at a bar i was i was very upset with nora yes. <laughs> yeah stop at a bar oh like, this is terrible <laughs> right like they're, they're the the curfew for lack of a better word is 8 p.m that's when all of the straight people are the blank space will be there um also i sang taylor swift songs to myself the entire time because like he called it blank space and i couldn't like help myself but it uh 
it's supposed to start at eight and and it's like getting up there in the time and they want to go like Nora wants to stop at this bar which is called Bobcat's like saloon and I just again these are the least anxious straight people I've ever met because like I don't know a straight person who would be like yeah it's a great fucking idea to roll into Bobcat's I know saloon. many straight people who would make that oh, decision. sorry yeah <laughs> I don't know a single queer person but in my life who would, on the eve of this particular event, maybe at some other time just to fuck with the straight people who are there, but like, not not just generally, like to go there on the night when, you know, all the straight people are going to turn into queer-hating zombies. Um, it's like, no, I don't want to do that. But, uh, but Ren, when they go to Joshua Tree, they always stop at Bobcat's Saloon. Right, right. <laughs> Which, like... <laughs> Again, it's so important just, to be to have normalcy. <laughs> How is we all have our we all have our road trip like staples. Mine is eating a gas station bear claw. Um, only that is the only time I will ever eat one. It is the road trip tradition. But uh, I get it, I get it. But like your life also, or the Bobcat Saloon. I don't know. I don't know. Uh. Yeah, it was. It's and like we get the different personalities of these four friends, like. Isaac seems like kind of like a middle ground sort of like kind of like very nervous and also kind of running away from his trauma I think of mm-hmm. what happened to him on the first day of saturation and then you know Jason is like super like over like he Nora tries to turn on like pop music and he turns it off and he's like no like we can't listen to music it's too serious <laughs> yeah. and Nora like has a joke for every moment and like is trying to like look at it. This is like a fun vacation and also running away from her trauma, maybe just a little. Probably, yeah. <laughs> and Hazel is a scientist who has been studying this like weird event, the blank space and all of the you know all the stuff that has come because of it. And it has like a slightly more logical approach that frequently has her not taking a side. Yeah. Where she'll just I, like be like, well, here are the facts of the situation. Like, I'm not saying one way or another whether I think it's a good idea, but here's what the facts are. I thought it was a really interesting with the four of them, like, not that not to be like, oh, there are four kinds of people, haha. But like, <laughs> when. When you're talking about responses to trauma, I think, I mean, I I see a lot of that reflected in queer people I know, like people who like are not really dealing with stuff and they're just, it's the jokes, 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 Um, people who are pretty anxious, people who think that we have to be really serious all the time. And if we laugh about anything, that's, you know, like a recipe for disaster. And then people like Hazel, that was particularly interesting to me because she is like, studying this like she has made a career out of trying to rationalize her trauma and I I mean maybe this is just because I was reading it right after therapy but like wow uh deep cut check (laughs) 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 screw you buddy (laughs) kidding you're a nice man uh I, I really enjoy your twitter account when I'm on twitter which is never but I used to anyway sorry (laughs) but yeah yeah so this is their this is their plan is that they're going to go out and like yeah when they when they get to so they they're driving out and they you know realize oh we don't have enough gas oh we didn't bring any food and then they have this argument over where they're going to stop and they decide to stop and the thing that made me go like guys guys is not even like I can see like okay well we're going to stop we're going to get food whatever but when they walk into this bar it becomes so mm-hmm. clear like there's these four like 
dudes who are just like hanging out and like making it like very clear that like they're straight and they know that these people are queer and they, mm-hmm. they you know, are claiming that they got their vaccines, but are like also kind of shady about it and kind of just like a foreboding presence. And I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine wanting to be in a, like a situation like it just, I was uncomfortable, and I think this was on purpose, but I was just so uncomfortable every second I was waiting yeah. for them to be attacked by these people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The And I, I mean, I think we haven't really mentioned this as much yet, but despite the fact that people aren't supposed to lose it until 8 p.m., people are already starting, like straight people are already starting to be very confused. And they've encountered this a couple times already as they're coming and stopping to this in the saloon and they get there and there's the the cowboy wandering around who is clearly experiencing this like confusion that is indicated to be a precursor to the overwhelmed zombie stuff. And like, I, I just, I can't fathom even Nora who like really, really lobbied to be there uh like when Isaac's like hey do you want to get a drink and she's like no absolutely not we're just getting food I'm like yeah that's just what duh <laughs> yeah. like you suggested yeah. this this was predictable <laughs> what were you thinking they also I don't remember if they mentioned what food they got at Bobcat Saloon but I questioned <laughs> if it was any good yeah <laughs> I wanted actually. I was really. I mean, I'm very food motivated as a human being, but I really wanted to know what they ordered. Like, what kind of food does the Bobcat Saloon serve? I mean, I got. I've got some guesses, you know, but like, I want to know. I yeah. also. This isn't about the plan specifically, and I'm sorry to meander, but I am just curious, like, what you guys thought about the setup before you even started reading it because and this came out actually in the novel and I thought it was nice that he did address some of these thoughts because one of my first thoughts was like okay all of these people who are cisgender straight people have lost their minds and become zombies what happens to all the people who were queer and either didn't know it or people who were in the closet or like my my what about like queer kids who are living like with straight families and trying really hard to fit in and like and it does go into a little bit of detail about that I'm curious to know if like there were any top of mind thoughts about that that y'all had before you started reading I guess I didn't think about it too hard before I started reading because I wasn't sure like when I when I first like read the summary Mm. I wasn't sure like what the I guess I guess as as a person who reads a lot of books, I was like, okay, well, I don't know how like in depth this summary is going to go with like the reasoning of what causes it and like whether or not sure. that's actually going to be addressed in the like the mechanics of the zombification. Mm. Um, and when I got, I th- I thought it was interesting that you know they they kind of presented a little bit of a juxtaposition between these. like essentially like the two ways of trying to get out of it which was a lot of like high profile people saying like oh no it was some sort of like weird cosmic mix-up i'm not gay Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. it was just like a weird and then the kind of more genuine like oh i think i was just attacked because i was defending my Mm. gay people i know (laughs) and that i i feel like being the more like well i'm in the closet but I am not ready to or not in a safe place to be able to 
address this. Yeah. Yeah. And we do get one sort of plot point related to this later, but yeah, most of, most of this is explored more in kind of asides um, and a little bit of the like world building in the background. Yeah. I'm I'm always really curious about world building and, and things like that. I know um, I think it was an appropriate length for what it was, but I w- I've, I would have loved to have seen some more asides. I think about some of those. Just I'm fascinated by things like that, just as a person, because I am I guess Hazel in the world of this book. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're such a Hazel. <laughs> could be worse. It could be a Yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh, I gave Jason for his biphobia. I was like, I'm really sorry, man. I'm not sorry. <laughs> it was it was interesting too because, like, when they bring it up, it's kind of like vaguely addressed, but not really addressed by the other three of them. Where they're just kind of like, Jason, cut it out, and they yeah. keep driving. And they talk about how explicitly their friends group, which was already smaller after the first day of saturation because of you know people dying being killed Mm -hmm. by cis straight people how it also grew smaller because there were certain people who like acted like different you know that like the their trans friends and their bi friends and their ace friends and like all these other people weren't queer enough even though like this scientific phenomenon had just basically proven they were queer enough and (laughs) how they like cut those people out of their friends group and that they feel like they've they're better for it and they don't miss those Mm -hmm. friends um, and there is like very specifically a part where, you know, they they talk about the larger phenomenon, too, where they're like, oh, yeah, you know, this really proved for a lot of like, you know, that that like trans trans women are women and a lot of turfs mm-hmm. got even more <laughs> pissed off than they already <laughs> were. And fuck those guys. Yep. <laughs> um, no, I, I appreciated some of those moments for sure. Yeah, but it is, it is weird that, like, they're just kind of also, like, shrugging off Jason's, like, casual, yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just, like, I don't know. I, I wondered, I think that would have been resolved for me a little bit if there had been a line somewhere. Because I could see Isaac, who is very clearly running away from a lot of trauma that he has not been able to deal with around his brother in the first saturation day. If there had been a line somewhere in there about how, like, well, I've already lost so many friends. I'm not going to lose another one. That would make sense to me. You know, um, yeah. I could see that. But yeah, but I, I took us way off the road to Joshua Tree. So I guess we're still going there, even though pe- many people go missing there. I'm sure it's very beautiful. Be careful if you go to Joshua Tree, please. <laughs> <laughs> Take water and tell someone you're going. Spoken <laughs> like a type A queer planner. <laughs> I was just listening to a podcast. It wasn't Joshua Tree, it was Death Valley, where they were talking about mm-hmm. this family that like got lost in Death Valley of like German tourists and they were talking oh, about like that's a good that's an intense story. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, why would you make these decisions in the first place? <laughs> like not to victim blame these poor people who died, but like yeah. why what's going through your brain that you think this is a good place to go in your mental your rented minivan? Like yeah, so, which is like Jason has a sedan, right? I guess, yeah. and so they're they're tooling out to Joshua Tree at a sedan, which I, I mean, I my I was like, would you not rent an SUV, like something that can offer just in case, you know? Because if it were me, I would, I would do that. I would also have like a go bag in the back because I think that that's I also, really important. I also would have filled up the tank, but you know, yes. we're not Jason. 
Yeah, and I would have had extra gas also. I might have even made yeah. the trip out ahead of time to store a few things at the cabin. Yeah, um, I definitely would or, not be going the day of. Yeah, no. no. Um, and stopping no. and stopping and making sure everyone in town knows that we're on our way there tonight. Well, yeah, let's tell everyone uh, for sure, for sure. Uh, <laughs> let's tell these weird dudes uh, who definitely got the vaccine. Uh, uh, like, uh, yeah, that was, uh, so they, I guess, did we get to the cabin, right? Yes, we they, to the they cabin. get to the cabin. Well, on a- the way to the cabin, they pass a guy. Oh, right. they, oh, right. the dude, yeah. There's, there's a, another cabin in the distance, and there's a dude on the front porch staring at them. Um, also, we, we should make clear that they do not stop for gas, but they're like, it's they fine. We have just enough gas to get to the cabin, and then we'll just fill up tomorrow when we leave after uh, everything is over at 3 p.m., and it'll be fine. And that plus point, I'm sure, never comes up again. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's very interesting because this is only the third year. And having being in the midst of year 900 of the COVID pandemic, a.k.a. year two, I can kind of understand. Like we I think we are right now, if we think of COVID starting in March 2020, like mm. we are now year what would have been like the third mm. we're, we're on our third if if that's year one we just passed our third just six months ago we passed our third march and yeah. i i i want to say that it's wild to me that only you know this amount of time has passed and they're like, oh, like we're this is going to be fine because that's what they keep stressing. Like it got better mm. last year, and even more people are vaccinated this year, so it's going to be even better this year. And mm. at, like as a reader, and I guess this is where I can't like get reality <laughs> and fiction to line up in my head <laughs> is that I know that in reality that is literally what has happened to us. Like literally, everyone's just yeah. kind of like, oh yeah, we fixed COVID and it's fine. And it's like, but it's not. But it's not. Yeah. And that's exactly what's happening in this book. And yet I still keep thinking, like, it's so unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. It's like... yeah. There's many layers I mean... to this one. It's like an onion. Yeah. I think it's really interesting, like, just thinking about it from the perspective of a queer person, right? Like, all of the things that we already had to do to be safe before this happened to them in the world of the book. And I think that that's, that's where I have trouble syncing it up with the a one-to-one with the COVID pandemic, right? Because yeah. that's a little different. I mean, like I got my flu shot and stuff before this, um, but there's nothing really in my life that I can kind of compare to trying to keep myself safe in this same way before. Um, but here it's like, but you guys already like, were you guys not already like scoping places? That, am I just, I don't, there was a significant part of me that was like, am I like more anxious than I thought I was? Shit. Like, <laughs> I, I, I know wonder, I'm like assessing situations before I go places and yeah so I wonder too if that like if that is a difference in your and my experience as a queer person geographically like I grew mm. up in New Jersey and I lived just outside New York City for college and now I live just outside of Boston and I've not really like I've I've certainly had I've certainly been paranoid and been vigilant 
when I was like being actively queer somewhere or being without with a partner somewhere. Mm. But in my day to day, not 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 as much, I guess. Like there are times when I've felt unsafe and there are times where I've been vigilant, but especially as I've gotten older in these like very queer areas that I've called home, mm. it's been less, it's been something that I've worried about less. Mm-hmm. That's fair. So I can I can maybe see, but also at the same time, like I can't imagine you know, it is also different for me as a white cisgender lesbian than I imagine it is for like Hazel, for example, in the story as like a trans woman and a trans lesbian. So yeah, that's, that's an interesting layer to it that I had not previously considered. Thank you for mentioning that. (laughs) This is why it's fun to read these with other queer people. Yes. With different experiences. Not just because you won't get murdered. So where are we now? We're we're in. We found the creepy guy. Yeah, uh, we decided. Yeah, we're they're trying to assess threat assess the creepy guys. They they roll by on their fumes of gas. Fucking! <laughs> 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 I just the part of me that's a planner is just like, why? What if you got stuck in a traffic jam? Why would you do this to yourself? I am already. I am flying out to Houston to go to Helena Greer's book release the Friday after we are recording this and her party is Friday night and I'm flying in Friday morning and I'm already like obsessively refreshing the weather and obsessively like, why did I make this choice? Why didn't I? And this is like 12 hours in advance that I'm flying out. (laughs) I'm like, why didn't I just do it Thursday night? Like I know it was cheaper, but wouldn't it, it have been worth it just to get rid of all of this stress? I cannot imagine if literal zombie hordes were going to descend upon me that I would be like, yeah, you know, if we roll out by like noon, I think we probably should make it in time. Kate, I would love to spend saturation day with you. I think we'd be great at it. You too, Ren. (laughs) Yes, I agree. I think I I trust both of you with my life. Uh, It would... Just the the amount of frustration that I'm hearing from both of you about the planning uh, gives, gives me... Gives me confidence that we would survive and not have the experience that these folks did. Yes. Yeah. It's it's like when when people when I I don't understand when like people go to a new city and they're just like, yeah, I didn't like look up like how to get anywhere. I didn't look at the re- the menu before we went to the oh, restaurant. No. I didn't What? No, how? How do you live? How what's it what's that like? <laughs> like what is that? No. Yeah. So they get they get there to the Airbnb. Also, I'm just delighted by the fact that it's an Airbnb and they're like, well, I guess we can't like nail stuff over the windows because we'll probably like get a bad review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you made bad choices, friends. You made bad choices. Uh, I guess it wouldn't be a horror novel if they made good choices. Right. Sure. I, it's true. Yeah. True. Probably. Um, so I, they I keep that in mind as I got irritated with. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "You're reading a horror novel. It's literally the setup." <laughs> <laughs> they do. They did bring blankets that they go around and they like tack over the windows and doors. And Hazel brought a drone, which she mm-hmm. puts up to scope out the area and see like just how alone and off in the distance they are from 
everyone else and they scope out the the creepy guy and his house from a distance and they see and this is also <laughs> an interesting moment they see that he is an artist and they're kind of like oh well like if he's an artist then like you know probably he's queer or if not he's probably at least like liberal leaning so he probably got the vaccine so we're probably <laughs> fine uh and they don't see anyone else around for miles so they're like pretty Hazel, Nora, and Isaac are are pretty chill with like how things are going. Jason got really mad when they used the drone because it was so loud, and he was afraid it would attract all of the the you know all of the attention of everyone in the area to come out and find them. So he like locked himself in his room, and. Isaac goes to find him later and say like, Hey, like we're going to go in the hot tub until sunset and then like come back in before straight people go crazy o'clock. Do you want to come out in the hot tub? And he's like, no, I don't <laughs> want to go out in the hot tub. It's not a vacation. Which like points for Jason. He's correct. Fair enough. Fair. Jason was correct in that moment. It is yes. not a vacation. They have a very meta conversation in this moment about if this was a horror novel the uh, the audience would be frustrated and they're right he is correct about that assessment um i was indeed frustrated at that moment as a member of the audience (laughs) yeah it was um, i just i was like what is happening what are you doing friends how did you survive the last two rounds of this that's a really good question. I, I I had I had many questions about that as well. What did you guys do last time? Did you do this last? Like, did yeah, this work last we time? We don't get anything about what they did last time, so it's unclear if this was if this was previously successful or if they're just winging it. They seem to be winging it. All, all seem all to be winging it. <laughs> it's. I I mean, I'm curious about what they did. I also I, I know this becomes a point later, but I was really interested as well in the like capitalism sort of uh discussion about how like all the rich queer people are buying their way into like a queer compound in palm springs um that was Uh like like, forty thousand bucks a pop or something yeah shit (laughs) and i thought yeah they would do that wouldn't they (laughs) (laughs) yep yeah (laughs) i was like yeah that tracks (laughs) i honestly thought there was going to be a little bit more commentary about that at the end but i guess we'll get to that when we get to the end yeah yeah but yeah, so they that is the thing that has come up at this point that they talk about like Palm Springs, which is like, you know, the queer Mecca that they have been like working ever since the first time this happened, like they've been fortifying the city and like, all queer people are welcome to live there. But like, it's really hard to like get a spot there, like to get to buy up like to find a place to live there and you can mm-hmm. buy your way in for forty thousand dollars for the night but you know that's not that is not feasible for the majority of folks so they've decided to do this instead and then the other thing that comes up is the gay militia which yes. is a marine unit that is made only of queer people that has been like sent out and dispatched to various places to try and like help with this i you know i when i read that the first time i would i i didn't pick up on the fact that they were actual marines until like later in the book when it comes up again i thought that they were just sort of like a self uh and i thought like a well-organized militia i was like i you know what i bet they are um (laughs) i bet they're 
questionable and well organized. Um, and I thought that they were just sort of a volunteer like brigade. I didn't realize they were actually in the military. And then when I realized they were actually in the military, I had some weird queer thoughts about like queer people in the military and like don't ask, don't tell. And like how long, not very long ago that went away as a policy and like how, I don't know, just complicated queer thoughts on the military. I guess we can sum all of that up with. Um, yeah. But yeah. So, similar. It's similar feelings about it. Yeah. But yeah, so so they're in the hot tub. First first they have this whole thing where Jason is like, Yeah, like my former partner died the night the first like saturation day and I have trauma about it. And like that's why like I'm like this and you wouldn't understand. And then like Isaac's like, Well, remember when I had to murder my brother? Like that I've told you about that happening before. Like I do kind of understand. And then Jason's like, Oh yeah, I guess we all have our own trauma. Like yeah we do guy <laughs> like wow dude uh wow uh like i like be a better friend jason i don't know like <laughs> i know we all have our own trauma but like your friend had to kill his own brother and so far you've been extremely biphobic and totally forgot about that yeah like not that in a thousand jason no um so they the the women and isaac go out to the hot tub and uh, they decide after the sunset, they're like, okay, well, it's going to be time time soon for, you know, the straight people to go crazy. Like, let's go, or feral, let's go into the, the house. And as they're getting out of the hot tub, Isaac thinks he sees something. And then they like, oh, no, that was just a cactus. Like, it's fine. And then it turns out it's not fine. And it's two of the guys from the bar, Ricky and Brendan. And Brandon. Sorry, my brother's name is Brendan. <laughs> Sorry, so, Brendan. <laughs> yes. Uh, Brandon and Ricky, um, who get out, of, you know, are, are they're covered in blood. One of them's holding a baseball bat. So, like, the three of them are screaming. They run into the house. Like, they're, you know, yelling at Jason to lock the door. Jason, like, locks the door. And then, like, you know, they're... Ricky and and Brandon are banging on the door and Jason's like, don't worry, I've got this covered. And he runs out and he comes back and he's holding a rifle. And he's like, see, I was prepared. You guys weren't prepared. I was prepared because I brought a gun. And it's like, but you didn't bring food and water. Just a gun. Just a gun. Wow, what a contribution. Yeah. Uh, And as he like points the gun at them, they're like, they panic. And they're like, no, no, like we're just fucking with you. Like we're just... Like, we're not actually overwhelmed. That's what they call it when the the, the cis straight folks become zombified. They're overwhelmed. We're not overwhelmed. Like, you know, we're vaccinated. We're fine. Like, we just wanted to fuck with you a little bit. And they're in the midst of, like, a, a kind of standoff where they're like, well, are you really, you know, this doesn't feel like, how do we know for sure? And they're like, no, no, like, we just, we saw you and we decided we were going to, like, follow you and, like, have some fun. Like, we didn't mean to, to, like, fuck with you or whatever. And then, like, while Ricky is mid trying to convince them that they were just, it's just a joke. Like, just God, I can't believe you're so upset over a joke. Um, He gets <laughs> pitchforked to death by the artist from the next house over. <laughs> And they, like, run inside with Brandon, and there's, like, all this commotion because, like, the artist is coming after them, and Jason fires on the artist and hits him, 
but like because he's become zombified it doesn't affect him he's just like still coming after them brandon or, or isaac one of them hits him in the head with the baseball bat and like a big chunk of his skull caves in but he's still zombified so he's just still trying to to come after them so they like scamper up into like the loft area of the living room and his like the rest of his family shows up his zombified family (laughs) and this is the start of brandon the ally who joins them for most of this book who i did want to strangle (laughs) yes yes uh at multiple points never never did i feel like he he was a value add to the group (laughs) no (laughs) nope Maybe his truck was. Yes, I was going to say, owning a truck was his only good trait. (laughs) (laughs) Which, again, could have been resolved if they just rented an SUV for the weekend. Just saying. Mm. Just saying. Just putting it out there. No need for allies. Drive your own SUV. Or just fucking filled up the car with gas before they got there. (laughs) (laughs) Also, an option. Uh, Yeah, so the, the guys, uh, the artist is building a sculpture. There's a lot of, like, pretty gory bits in here where he like Mm. dismantles Ricky's body. There's also a moment where they like explain where he's Brandon is like, well, why did he attack Ricky? And it's like, well, I think probably Ricky, there's something about Ricky that he didn't tell you maybe. Mm -hmm. And Brandon's just like, nah, like Ricky's like, he's like macho, not like you sissy queers. Mm -hmm. And, like Jason who's like jacked is like oh like you want me to beat the shit out of you like will that prove to you that like gay people can <laughs> like what 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 are you hoping to gain from this conversation yeah also is this the best time to have this conversation while we're literally watching these zombies like take apart your friend like <laughs> we're hiding from them and you want to argue with me right now like I'll push you off of here which I think is what Jason says. Like, yeah. Something to that effect. Like, I'll just throw you over uh, the railing down there and you can, like, good luck. Best of luck. Yeah, because one of the other things that we learn is that if you, if a straight person, like a, an ally, a straight person who's vac- vaccinated, attacks a zombified, an overwhelmed straight person, the overwhelmed, the zombie will try to get, like, revenge. Yeah. And... and- Yes. So so the zombie artist is still mad at Brandon, even though he's straight, because he hit him with a baseball bat. And he can't. So he is not safe from the artist zombie. He would theoretically be safe from other zombies, but he is not safe for this one from this one in particular. Uh, and the other thing that has happened that I think already happened, but we neglected to mention is that Hazel has been throughout the whole trip looking up on like, cause they were sending like a satellite out to like take readings on the blank space and like all the scientific data is coming in. And right before zombie time starts, she relays to the group that the readings that they've gotten off the blank space are have changed like it's not yeah. it's it's different it's changed shape and they don't know how that's going to affect what is going to happen once zombie time comes and it turns out badly <laughs> badly badly is the is the result this is also the point where i feel like on the whole chuck tingle did a really uh, good job um like a good and sensitive job of handling 
queer characters, queer themes, queer issues. This next bit with the <laughs> the drone <laughs> and the social stuff. Yes. Was the only part where I think I, I genuinely had to, I put the novella down for just a minute and I was like, all right, uh, okay. <laughs> Guys, I don't know how to tell you this, but this Chuck Tingle book is not very subtle. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought the author of like Pounded in My Butt by Various Inanimate Objects uh, would occasionally not be very subtle with, uh, with metaphor? Uh, who knew? <laughs> yeah, so they... <laughs> Jason's like, why don't we just murder all of these people and leave? There's five of us and only four of them. And two of them are small children. And Isaac's like, I don't want to murder people, though. Like, because at the end of the day, tomorrow afternoon, when this all stops, we're still going to have done some murders. And I don't feel like great about that. I had to kill my brother and it sucked. And I don't want to like deal with that again. And Jason's like, all right, well, if you can come up with a better idea, we'll do that. But if you can't come up with a better idea, we're just going to murder all of them. And they come up with the idea that they're going to distract the zombies with Hazel's drone. And they try, but the first time they don't, it doesn't hold their attention. So then they come up with the idea where they talk a little bit about like what makes it like what signifies queerness to these zombies and like, what could we do that? Like Hazel, I think has pointed out, right. That there's some studies that indicate that there are some social indicators of queerness that may like, it may not be a genetic level thing. It may also be these social indicators that are tripping this trigger for these crazed straight zombies. Yeah. So she takes, she has Nora take her bra off, which has an elastic rainbow band, and rips the rainbow band out and uses it to tie a phone to the drone that's playing RuPaul. <laughs> and that distracts the zombies. <laughs> and she pilots it out to, like, distract the zombies so that they can all leave. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was the part where I was like, Okay. Because well, uh, <laughs> I think a lot, I think a lot about in my life, just I think as a bisexual person about like what it means to be part of the queer community and what it means to be like, per- I don't want to say performatively queer. That's not what I mean. But like those external indicators of queerness as a way to fit in with the community. And I think like I came out a little later in my life um, than some of my peers. And I think I still sometimes struggle to feel like I am queer enough, even though I'm married to another female presenting person. Um, you know, I mean, and I get more, more and more comfortable with it, but I think I thought a lot about that when the, the drone was flying out into the night with a rainbow band and blasting room. <laughs> I was just like, well, the drone is clearly queer enough. <laughs> so like, ah, yeah, we're, I don't know. I don't know. It was, a, it was interesting. Like Hazel, uh, cite your sources for the research needed. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is interesting. It, it was like I feel like, like you said earlier, Ren. Like this book, I think the novella was like a very good length for the story it wanted to tell. But I'm so much more interested in all of the intricacies and world building of how this works, mm-hmm. which I don't think we need to have. Like, if I was not reading this for a podcast, if I was just reading it, I'd probably be like, I'd have these same questions, but I kind of just be like, oh, okay. 
Yeah, yeah. And move on. But like, the more I think about it, the more I am like, very curious. And I, I wonder too how, like, it's very frustrating to me as a person who like, like I said earlier, I'm a white cisgender lesbian. I am, you know, the the only the only way I could be more like textbook gay to, in people's eyes would be if I was a white cisgender male gay gay man. Like, but mm. I have like a lot of privilege within the queer community as a white cisgender lesbian, and I I hope too that it's been clear to you, Bren. I know that some of our shared friends have said that like my uh, insistence that everyone counts. Like, I, I feel like I have to use this place of privilege I have to be as insistent as possible that everyone counts. If you say you're in, you're in. Like, mm. you don't, there's not, like, a mark that you have to mit- hit here. There's not, like, you know, a certain standard that you have to meet. Like, if you are queer, then you're queer. Like, end of story. Mm-hmm. And that that's like all of this like fucking infighting and like oh well like ace people don't really count and you know like oh well like bi people if they're dating someone of different gender don't count and fucking bullshit trans straight trans people don't count are you kidding me the t is right in there my friend (laughs) (laughs) it's literally there um it, it is like i wonder how in in kind of like an awful like you know, glass glass half full or lemonade out of lemon situation. Like, you know, like they say earlier in the book, where like a lot of turfs were really mad that like trans women counted as women during as as mm-hmm. queer <laughs> and as women during this. That like, if it would have, if there would be a part of people that did feel affirmed in their yeah. gender and sexuality by being like, oh, like no, I am queer enough because the straight zombies want to murder me. <laughs> Some very complicated feelings. <laughs> Silver linings. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that's a good point. Uh, that, you know, you you get that uh, affirmation. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then feel weird about it because, I mean, I think, you know, and I think Isaac kind of has this later in the book too, right? Where he's dealing with some of his own like anger and trauma. It's like, well, fuck you guys. I didn't need you to validate me by for but in, in any way. Yeah. Uh, but certainly not by trying to murder me. So uh yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they, they send this drone out and like the zombies go and they are their initial thought is that they're gonna because they were like, well why don't we just try to drive out of town like if we can just drive away from this it'll get us out of the immediate danger and we can see if like we go to palm springs maybe they'll let us in and Mm -hmm. like even though we don't have money like i'm hoping that their humanity will shine through and they'll be like oh like these people need help Mm -hmm. so but they're like oh well jason's car is out of gas and they're like oh well we'll use brand brandon's truck is there and we can take his truck. Um, so they get out of the house and they run up to Brandon's truck and they find earlier they had passed a tow truck driver and a couple um, outside of a wrecked car who were, it was pre straight people go, go feral o'clock, but it was, they were starting to be like weird mm-hmm. and they're back and now they're murderous and they have uh, hooked up the tow truck to Brandon's truck. 
So they're like, all right, well, fuck, we got to use Jason's car. Like there's enough gas that it can at least get us out of immediate danger. Yeah. So they get in the car, they run back towards the car and Jason steps in like a gopher hole and twists his ankle and goes down and gives Isaac the keys. And Isaac is trying to help him while the women are running to the car. And Jason's like, no, 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 just go, go get out of here. Like get in the car, get out of here. And helps to distract the zombies further by rolling like singing along to the RuPaul music and throwing himself (laughs) down like a a ridge to distract them so it'll give them time to get to the car uh and Isaac has mixed feelings about this because Jason's kind of been a dick to him but also he did just sacrifice himself (laughs) for the group indeed indeed (laughs) Mm mm-hmm I think Isaac can just see his, like, therapy bills growing as as Jason rolls down the hill, (laughs) to be honest. Like, goddammit. So they get in the car and they start driving out towards uh, as far as, like, they can go as fast as they can go. And Brandon mentions that they're, even though gas stations are closed, that the owner of the Bobcat Saloon is kind of a prepper and he's got gas stored on site at the saloon, but they have to be careful because he lied about being vaccinated, the owner. Normally he just, and there was a good line here, like normally he just tries to like sleep through the zombification and, you know, figures if he goes to bed early, he'll just sleep through it and it'll be fine. And, like, at this point, Isaac or one of the women makes a comment like, cool, like, I'm glad that he's hinging our continued safety over, like, how sleepy he feels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, which did, did feel, did I did feel some kind of way about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so they yeah. park in, like, the weird little wild western village that this saloon is part of and brandon's like well i'll go get the gas frontier town is that what it, i think yeah. that's what it is yeah great a great place to to yeah it's just a great place to be gay sounds like yeah. frontier town <laughs> just where you want to be for sure <laughs> yeah i always am like i know where i should be openly gay and it is a place that is old-timey history mm. the idealized um, the current idealized version of old-timey history oh yes oh man yeah and then we have brandon's shining shining moment one of them i guess as an ally he doesn't he doesn't even though he's the only one who's safe here doesn't want to get out of the car to get the gas he's the only one who's safe and also the only one who knows where it is and it is still very reticent to get out of the car Although I will say there was a significant moment there. I actually, I was like very convinced while I was reading that part because he was so adamant about not wanting to go that I was like, any minute now he's going to turn to them and just be like, I'm gay, okay? Uh, And like has also been hiding it and like, but then he didn't and he was just a shitty ally. So there we go. I honestly was waiting for the same thing throughout. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was just that very, I just feel like there's a very specific kind of, I'm not, you know, like, and I, I don't know. I just feel like he kind of embodied that in many ways. And especially since Ricky had also been queer, I was just, yeah, I was like, hmm, hmm. So, so uh, Brandon, they, they guilt Brandon into going out and he's gone for like half an hour and 
finally they're like, he's not fucking coming back. So Isaac's like, I'll go get the fucking gas. So he goes out and sneaks into the saloon. And as he's like trying to figure out where the gas might be hidden, he bumps into Brandon, who's like, sorry, like, what are you doing here? And he's like, well, you've been gone for a fucking half an hour. And we thought you abandoned us. And he's like, no, I just like, I had to find like the keys and the keys weren't where they were supposed to be. And then I found them, but I don't know what key works, but I don't want to be too loud about it because I don't want to wake up whatever his name is, who owns the place and whatever. Um, but they find the right key and they get the gas and they see the guy who owns the place is inside and he's like awake, but he's in a trance and Brandon hides Isaac and is just like, Hey, it's just me. Like just leaving. And they're able to sneak out. But as they're sneaking the gas back to the car, Brandon sees the cowboy and hides the guy, a guy who was there earlier, like acting like a cowboy already like weird under the, the, cis straight person curse and is not able to Isaac like is also able to hide but not quite well enough and he attracts the attention of the cowboy who man just like overpower him and like tie him up in a noose and bring him over to like the gallows it was yeah did we mention that there's a gallows here (laughs) oh Uh, oh man it was rough it was rough I was not, it was very I was rough. not expecting ugh yeah didn't didn't like this bit very much <laughs> um oof um and then Brandon Brandon tries to he I guess plays it trying to help and then just like gives up like he's like got the baseball bat and he's coming after the cowboy and then he's just like no 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 and he just leaves yeah, the like, cowboy shoots him and he shoots at him and I think like hits his like grazes his shoulder or something. And he's just like, nope, done and abandons. Him. I tried. Thanks, Brandon. Yep. I don't think you tried at all, Brandon. <laughs> Ooh. If you hadn't taken half an hour, uh, we wouldn't be in this situation right now, Brandon, my man. Actually. Well, anyway, I've, I've done enough ragging on Brandon for the moment. Yeah, that's fine. There's going to be more time to rag on There's him more. There's more. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like, uh, it's so, he's just bad. And the whole time, I guess it is time to continue racking on Brandon. Um, the whole time, every, every <laughs> step of the way, it, yeah. I was like, he's going to learn a lesson and be a good yep. ally. And he never did. And I kept, nope. I kept feeling like something, not necessarily sympathy, but like, I kept wanting to be like, yeah, but like he's gonna learn and he's gonna be a good part. Like I wanted him to be good, and yeah. he wasn't. And I feel like that is a window into my personal, maybe like yeah. moral framework of the universe. Yeah, and like a reminder that like, like I mean, obviously my friends who are straight, which of which I don't honestly have that many. Are, are much, I feel, much stronger allies than Brandon was. But it, it does kind of just, like, drive home the fact that, like, there are things that you just need to do with other gay people. <laughs> <laughs> like, go to Joshua Tree or fight zombies. Yeah. 
those two things. <laughs> those are right at the top <laughs> of the list. Those are always my top two activities um, with with friends. Um, <laughs> so I I also had I don't know I also kept really hoping he would. Um, come around or have a moment I mean I guess my my personal view on the world is maybe that everybody's gay which I know is not true but I just kept wanting him to be gay as a <laughs> reason which is like because I don't want I don't know I don't want to believe that, that people are uh, you just yeah. want to believe the but, best in people like that they're all yeah. gay yeah exactly yeah, exactly like some somewhere deep down <laughs> you can find it but yeah he just he continues to be a terrible person and then and then Jason does show up we get Jason back and they're trying so the to pick up saved. Yeah, they not saved. by an ally. Not by an ally, but by uh, Jason, who... What what music did he play to distract the zombies? He YMCA. Played, you know, yes, <laughs> yes, there it is. And uh, got away and rescued them in Brandon's truck. And then Brandon was going to get in the truck because they're not dicks. So they stopped, even though he wasn't going to help them. And then Brandon... Uh, the the artist with the chainsaw catches up to him and it's lights out for Brandon and that's it. Goodbye, Brandon. Yeah. Me too well, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just and I think I do think this was kind of like an important point and it was a good point and I think it was a good thing to include that like you know there's this guy who like sort of claims he's an ally but not like. You know, there were a couple times, like, he doesn't, he's not, like, a super ally, but he's like, yeah, like, I don't have a problem, not homophobic, like, I don't care, like, what gay people do, like, I think, you know, y'all should be allowed to do whatever you want, like, whatever, but, you know, at the same time, he was not, like, a helpful ally, but I think there's a good point to be made, and, like, you can't rely on, on people to, on straight people, on cis straight people to, like have your back i don't know Mm. like i think i think it was important that he died and i think that it was a good thing and i think it proved an important point but like i just i just i just wanted to not be a dick yep yeah so they do make it to palm springs and when they pull up like you know it's like this big compound and it's like the gay militia are stationed outside of it and they, you know, look at all of their, you know, look into the thing, the car, and ask if everyone there is gay. And, you know, there's a moment where he says, okay, well, where are your tickets? And they're like, we don't have tickets. We were just attacked by many zombies and we need help. And he kind of, like, takes them in and, like, how, like, fucking beat to shit they are. And there's, like, a pause and then he tells them to open the gate and let them in. And it's kind of like, yeah, like, we take care of our own. like head on in even though you don't have a ticket and i think this is the part there's a bit of it like he he addresses chuck tingle addresses part of it in different moments when they talk about how expensive it is and how like there's a couple different straight people who just say to them why don't you all just go to palm springs and they're like you can't fucking afford it and i think it it is the beginning of an that part is beginning of an interesting look into like how class privilege plays into queer spaces but also i don't necessarily know how i feel about the we're all in this together let them in yeah yeah mm-hmm. 
Well, I mean, I genuinely didn't think that they were going to, right? Because I, I think, I, I think money, money is a, especially, you know, the, the, the last few years have, I mean, if we didn't know already, have I think pretty definitively shown like that is, it, it puts people in a different place, I think mentally. And I, I don't see people helping as much if they are able to afford the, I just don't. And I, I, I guess that's where my grim view of humanity comes in. It's like, yeah, everybody's fine until they have money. And then it's like, well, fuck you guys. I got mine. And that's kind of how I feel about it. I mean, I was glad they, they lived and they got in, but it was, I didn't see that happening. I really didn't. Yeah. It's a slightly weird ending because we, we've been setting up all of this previously and then they get there and it's like, Oh, I guess it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jason does have a moment and I kind of wondered if it was going to leave us with sort of an unsettling ending because when they get there, Jason's like, no, this is the part of the horror movie where we realize it's society. That's the problem. And I was like, yeah, actually it is. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so I thought maybe we would be left with kind of an unsettling sort of moment once they got in, if they did get in. And then, yeah, that didn't really happen. And I was like, hmm, interesting. So it's like, Chuck, you got more faith in my community than I do. Good for you, man. <laughs> yeah, it's ultimately a very optimistic ending. They have brunch. They do. They have brunch. Uh, made by <laughs> made by a straight lady because it's after the the time, right? Or I think she's, just, she's people... vaccinated. Uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, she's yeah. still she's acting a little weird, but she's fine. Yeah, she she's not put nails in the cookies like uh, Isaac's neighbor, which was the thing that happens at the very beginning of the book that I think we didn't really talk about. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's it. I I want it. I want it more of an exploration. Like I want it. I want it maybe part two, which is when they're like inside this compound and they see that there's like some. And I and I'm torn because I do like like. In my heart, I do want all, almost always the ending where it's like, and then we all came together and like the community mm-hmm. rallied around and like, you know, found family and like everything mm-hmm. turned out okay. But like, I feel like the setup in this so far and the way that Palm Springs was talked about in the earlier parts of the book, I w- I, that's not what this was led. That wasn't what it was led up to for me. Like this wasn't yeah. what I was expecting and I think it doesn't necessarily fit with the rest of the book. Like, I would love to see a part two, like I was saying, where, like, they find out, like, oh, things are things are not as sunny in Palm Springs as they seem because yeah, capitalism yeah. is the real villain, along with cisgender <laughs> heterosexual people, the two main villains. <laughs> it was capitalism all along. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I I agree. I felt like we were just we weren't leading up to that being a safe space, and I was uh, I would also I would read I would read a sequel to it. I do think I don't know if any of them are a sequel necessarily. I'm gonna Google this right now. So he has another. He has a um. This one was I think published through Tor, and I mm. think he has another book coming out through Tor that is another hor- like queer horror novel and no okay so this one's about conversion camps oof oof i don't know if i can read that <laughs> that's a that's a lot yeah and it's coming out next summer 
but I I recall because he did a like small panel at Comic Con, and I believe that at it he was talking about like how like all of these books take place in the same universe. Okay, but I'm not good enough at googling right now to to find specifics about it and it doesn't say so i'll just edit out this long part where i'm googling things (laughs) camp damascus is a queer destruction of the demonic a queer deconstruction of the demonic possession (laughs) subgenre it is about the powerful of the power of historical institutions who shape us and the terrifying things we discover when these traditions and stories begin to unravel ultimately however camp damascus is about the power of curiosity and the strength of love and then the summary is Camp Damascus is the world's most effective gay conversion camp. Nestled in the Montana wilderness, parents and their children from around the world to experience the program's 100% success rate. But this story isn't about that. This story is about Rose Darling, a God-fearing young lady who can't stop puking up flies. It is about her parents who ignore her visions of an eerie woman with sagging pale skin who watches from the woods. It is about the desires Oof. deep inside Rose that don't seem to make any sense and her waking nightmares that are beginning to feel more like memories. And maybe, just maybe, it's a little bit about Camp Damascus after all. Wow. That sounds intense. Yes. That does sound intense. Well, I'll read it I and will, I'll tell you all about it, Ren. I will, I will consider it. I just, I have, I, like some of the characters in this book, have some perhaps unexamined queer trauma around <laughs> conversion therapy so i i'll just make a note here for my therapist and uh, (laughs) i'm thinking about reading this book next summer so can we uh (laughs) like i i i want to read this book and talk about it with my friends so uh (laughs) here we go oh man yeah uh that's real life fortunately this book was not real life yes and that that was that was the book, mostly. Like I it said, was. like I did I did largely enjoy it. I had some minor issues, but you know I'm glad I could discuss it with other queer people. <laughs> <laughs> I just I love a good zombie horror, um, and I I do feel like this fit. So even even the poor planning is a, a staple of the genre. So. <laughs> this is true. We shouldn't blame them for just following the genre. <laughs> So any any other thoughts before we move on to dramatic readings? All right, we'll start with Laura, uh, who's going to do a dramatic reading from the beginning. You got to understand, Jason continues, if this was a horror movie, everyone would be so fucking frustrated by the three of you. I'm the only one who's actually prepared. You forgot the groceries, I countered. I forgot the market and gas station closed early, Jason retorted, correcting me. I still brought supplies. I stare at him blankly, struggling to understand what he's getting at, and then finally letting it slide. It seems like we've reached a nice middle ground here, a level of mutual respect rather than any specific compromise. That's worth something. The audience might feel frustrated, I, fir- I finally offer, but I refuse to live like I'm a character in a horror movie. Not anymore. Well, but I got bad news for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good sentiment, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Ren, why don't you share yours? Yeah, this is, um, it's from pretty early on in the novel. Uh, it's from Isaac's perspective. And this was the first note I made while I was reading. And my note was just, wow, uh, relatable queer content, my guy. Uh, <laughs> so, 
So here, here's mine. Uh, I realized suddenly that I've just been standing here for a good 10 minutes, just staring at the wall of my apartment with a duffel bag gripped tight in my hand. I let out a long breath and suddenly realized my entire frame has been clenched up, a subconscious reaction I've been trying to avoid. It's understandable given the stress I'm under, but I'm also worried this gradually blooming anxiety might be something more. What if it's really a crazed, uncontrollable rage? It's absurd, I know, but trauma has a way of making you second guess even the most fundamental parts of yourself. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to finish up with Ally of the Year, Brandon. (laughs) Uh, And this takes place right after they pull up uh, by the saloon to get gas. Who's going? Brandon questions, glancing around the car. I can't help but scoff. Are you kidding me? You're going. Our incredibly frustrating companion shakes his head. No way. I did my part. I got you here. Now you fetch the fuel. I just stare at him, dumbfounded by the man's utter selfishness. What, Brandon continues, seems fair to me. Finally, Nora jumps in from the back seat. They're not after you, you dumb fuck. You can just walk in there and get the fuel. Brandon turns in his seat, getting defensive. Hey, that guy with the face paint tried to kill me. He's probably trudging across the desert right now with that buzzsaw. And besides, Ricky was as straight as they come, and look what happened to him. Nora and I exchange glances. Hazel, who's been gazing out the window and tracking the desert for any movement, finally adds her voice. Typical ally, is all she says. Brandon looks confused. Hey, I'm not homophobic or whatever. I don't care what y'all do. I am an ally. Until it gets difficult, Hazel replies, finally turning her gaze and pointing it directly at him. Until it gets dangerous. It's been dangerous this whole damn time, Brandon counters. You mean over the last few hours, Hazel counters? Or over the last two years since the blank space appeared? Or maybe you mean the decades of unnecessary and deeply harmful conversion therapy? Or the centuries of bigotry and violence? As an ally, you are part of fighting that too, right? I wasn't around for that, Brandon counters. You were around for some of it, Hazel offers in return. What did you do to help? Brandon is silent for a moment, taking it in. When it's time to put your neck out for us, are you going to help? Or are you going to turn and run? Guess what, guys? He turned and ran. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) Oh, I didn't yeah yeah all right well (laughs) fuck brandon let's move on to some readers advisory um we'll tell you about some books that you can read uh instead of or in addition to this one and um i think we all probably feel that this is worth a read Mm -hmm. yeah i think so Yeah. yeah uh laura why don't you go first Okay, I I have one like actual recommendation, uh, which is that um, the the streaming service Shutter, which is uh, entirely like horror movies basically and horror TV shows, um, they they usually will do some kind of documentary series as well every year. And this year they have a series called Queer for Fear, which is about queer horror. Uh, it's uh, both a great like little documentary about like horror history and also like how queer it is. Um, There's two episodes out right now as we're recording this um, and I watched them this week and enjoyed it very much. So I recommend that. 
Um, I was also trying to like rack my brain for like what another horror movie that I've or horror book that I have read that would be a good recommendation like along with this. Um, and uh, the only, the only thing I came up with, and I know it's been recommended many times by Kate, is Dracula. <laughs> Because Dracula is also a book about friends fighting a supernatural horror together. And I think actually thematically it works very well. And you can read a lot of subtext into Dracula, guys. So that's my recommendations. Yes. Yes. Always Dracula. Read Dracula, everyone. I do have some additional uh, recommendations. Summer Suns by Lee Mandelo. The Taking of Jake Livingston by Ryan Douglas. Uh, Into the Drowning Deep by Mira Grant, uh, Wilder Girls by Rory Power. And I did want to mention, I know I recommend T. Kingfisher, Ursula Vernon's like adult pen name constantly because she's constantly writing like my favorite book of the year. But this year's horror book that uh, she published, What Moves the Dead, is it has a non-binary protagonist it is chock full of weird, creeping dread and body horror. It's really good in her very signal signature style. And as a plus side for anyone who I've convinced to watch the owl house, Avi Roquet, who voices rain on the owl house does the audiobook, and they do a bang up job. So you should check that out. Uh, Ren, I don't know if you have anything you would like to add. Um, watch the Owl House, and yes. yeah, uh, that, I mean, it's not exactly horror, but it is very queer, and there's some spooky shit, and it's about, you know, love and friendship and uh, people coming together uh, to to help each other in spooky situations, so not 100% on point, but I love the Owl House, so you should definitely watch it. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, we'll have these and any others we come up with up on the website, worstbestsellers.com, uh, where you can check them out. And now, normally this is where we would play the Rock, Paper, Snicked, but Renata's not here. So I thought that it was time that I introduced to the Worst Bestsellers canon the concept of the Hammer Friend. Uh, so a little explanation for this. If you are familiar with the crime procedural series Criminal Minds, there is an episode called <laughs> North Mammon where three teenage girls are kidnapped and uh, held by a kidnapper who tells them that in order for two of them to escape, they have to decide which of the three of them is going to die. And then he gives them two hammers and tells them that whichever one doesn't that that you know two two of them are allowed to leave one of them has to die and it's up to them to sort it out um and this in my circle of friends as in any normal circle of friends i i am <laughs> sure people do this all the time we will constantly have conversations about who the hammer friend is and the hammer friend is the friend who is not quick enough for whatever reason to grab a hammer uh and is the one who does not make it out alive <laughs> There are many reasons why one might be a hammer friend. It could be that they're too kind to murder someone else with a hammer. It could be that they're not slow enough, that they're too slow to pick up a hammer and go after, like, maybe everyone else is just super ready to pounce on a hammer. Uh, you know, it could be it could be that they are, 
there's lots of reasons why someone they're just the most annoying person and everyone else is like no we're gonna take this person out uh there's lots of reasons that one could be the hammer friend and uh today laura ren and i are going to decide between jason isaac hazel and nora who the hammer friend who each of us thinks the hammer friend is would be in this situation (laughs) okay I have to process of elimination this maybe a little bit. I don't know about y'all. Yeah, yeah. Let's work through. Let's work through this now. Obviously, many of us have issues with preparation, so no one's going to have brought a hammer ahead of time. Well, except maybe Jason. Jason had the rifle. (laughs) I think, like, because here's the thing. Like, I, I do think. Jason kind of proves himself to be sort of a jerk to his friends. But at the same yeah. time, he is like the strongest one physically. Oh. I also think that Jason, despite the fact that we do think Jason probably died for part of the book, which would make him a great candidate for the hammer friend. Um, he comes back <laughs> in the end. And he was also super fucking quick with that shotgun. Like the only thing he brought as a supply seems to have been a gun, which I'm, I think he puts him firmly in grabbing a hammer territory. Like, yeah, no, Jason, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. He's going to live. He somehow, some way he's going to live. And if he has to hit you with a hammer, so be it. So I, I think we can rule Jason out as the hammer friend personally. I think like, I do feel like it kind of, uh, you know, I think that like Isaac and Jason both at various points, express annoyance at like Nora's joke telling but also Mm. Nora and Hazel seem to be like super in love so Mm -hmm. I don't think either of them would turn on each other I think Isaac by process of elimination ends up the hammer friend just because I think everyone else would be quicker this is a twist I I also you know what I think I kind of agree with that especially because I think Isaac I mean, I know he has a moment in the book that we didn't really go into, which is honestly fine, because I think if you're going to read the book, you should experience that for yourself, um, where he kind of gets in touch with his own rage a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, however, for most of the book, we see him really reticent to harm anyone um, because of his trauma. And I think that is going to keep him from, even if he ultimately decides to go for the hammer, I don't know if he's going to get there in time. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think he would hesitate. I think it's got to be Isaac by process of elimination. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, buddy. You know, yep. I, I think it's going to be rough, I think. But I I do think that, you know, the women aren't, aren't going to turn on each other and Jason's just too strong. I think that if it was a matter of them, like, voting on who is the hammer friend, I think Jason would have gotten it. But if mm. it was a true hammer friend situation, mm. three hammers, three people mm. walk out. I think Jason would be too quick for them to <laughs> to take him down. I love well, what, a fun, his... <laughs> what a fun normal game we did. <laughs> yeah. I just love that we've, we've brought the phrase uh, true hammer friend situation into the world of this movie. <laughs> 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 I'm glad we could help. I think this is fine and normal a thing that friends do. So, <laughs> yeah, it's you know, it's fine, it's great, it's normal, and now, now it's a part of worst bestsellers lore forever. <laughs> All right, that was a rousing game. Uh, and now, why don't we delve into what we think the moral of the story is? Mm. 
Uh, I will go first. Um, I believe the moral of the story is that if you are in a horror novella, don't get into a hot tub. Mm. It's very, mm. very true. My, mine is along similar lines, so I will follow up. Um, if you are in a horror novella, especially a queer one, call me because I already have a plan for you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we're friends. Yep. <laughs> And uh, my moral of the story is just a little simpler. It's what I really took away from reading this. And it's that uh, cisgender straight people are exhausting. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, in life, but also imagine it's already tough enough being a queer person. And now one mm. day a year you have to like f- do physical fighting. No, <laughs> no, That's a lot. There's a lot of no plates. Yeah, yeah. It's too much. It's 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 just too much. I think that's the real that's the real deal uh, as far as the the moral goes. To be honest, like just the straight people are exhausting. Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up, Duarte obviously is also on a break with Renata. So uh, we've asked one of Ren's cats, uh, Yura, if if he would. Uh, chime in a little bit with his feelings on the book. It's very insightful. In case you don't, yeah, in case you don't speak cat, uh, what I was saying to Yura there was, don't you think straight cis people are exhausting? And he was clearly agreeing. Um, but it was extremely thoughtful and uh, articulate. So yeah, thank you, Yura. I definitely, you know, I agree with him. And I think he raised a lot of valid points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Chuck Tingle should ask him for a quote um, for the uh, the next book that he does. For the back cover. Yeah. Get one of those blurb quotes. Mm-hmm. All right. Do any humans have any closing thoughts? It's so important to plan. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> it doesn't even take that much effort. I promise. Just like gas in your car and food. Like, I mean, you can go a lot. Even if it's just like. It could be it could be protein bars, fam. It doesn't have to be complicated. You don't have you don't have to do long term meal planning. It uh, just grab what you can. You know, maybe before the day of the uh, straight people go feral o'clock. Maybe just maybe. Yeah, yeah. And I know we didn't we didn't talk because I do kind of agree, Ren. I do think that it's important. I think it's a, a good moment in the book when Isaac kind of goes off the chain and realizes like I can't keep kowtowing to what to the feelings of the cisgender straight people who are attacking me (laughs) and that like, I've got a lot of rage inside of me for how this whole situation is being handled. And I, I do like it, it is, it's so hard to put into words. And I do think that the feeling was conveyed so well in the novel of just like, I know I joke a lot about being tired of straight people but sometimes I'm just so tired of straight people. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just am mad about everything. And I'm mad at, I'm mad. Uh, like anytime a well-meaning 
cis straight person brings up like fucking trans athletes or something and yep. starts to kind of like even if they're liberal starts to kind of both sides it and i'm like no no go away <laughs> that, that happened in the in the book a couple times too where they were actually they were talking about their straight friends who had gotten vaccinated and who were doing what they could to be safe um, but even I think like Chuck Tingle did a really good job of describing those interactions, even though we don't see any actual conversations happening, just the thought of them. And there was an exhaustion present and just Isaac thinking about that because like <laughs> that's real life. Like even when you have the best possible straight people in the world um, and I, you know, there's still some moments sometimes where it's just like, oh, my God, <laughs> like, great, you got your vaccine. What do you want? Like, good. You know, and and I know that they're not in this world, they wouldn't be posting those things necessarily. So I would see them and pat them on the head or give them a cookie. But it's still there's that 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 is there in that interaction somewhere. Um, And it is exhausting. Yeah. Well, I am glad that I had the two of you to talk about this book with it. I'm glad I got a chance to read it. I'm glad I got a lot a chance to pick it apart with other folks who get it. And I'm very grateful for you joining us today. Joining me, singular. It's just me. Joining me today. <laughs> Thank you, singular, for inviting us. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, plus one to that. Uh, thank you for also letting us play the Hammer Friend game. Oh my far. gosh, yes. Thank you for suggesting it when we were planning what we were going to do. I can't believe that Hammer Friend has never been introduced to the worst bestsellers lore before this. Yeah. I, I hope it becomes a, an occasional staple, at least during October. Yes. All right. I'm going to do some quick uh, social stuff. You folks who are listening, you know where to find us. And if you don't, uh, it's facebook.com slash worst bestsellers, uh, twitter.com slash worst bestseller with no S uh, because the straight people have taken the S for themselves and <laughs> we're too scared to go and try and get it back. We don't know what they're going to do to us. Uh, Instagram.com slash worst bestsellers spelled normally. You can find us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, all the places where you get podcasts. And if you do find us there, please take a moment to subscribe and rate and review because when you rate and review, it moves us up on the charts, makes it easier for new people to find us. Uh, If you don't rate and review, then we're not inviting you to our very well planned uh, <laughs> straight feral o'clock bunker that we're gonna have that is gonna be soundproof and underground and incredibly well stocked with supplies. You'll be on your own. Yes. Yeah, uh, and the food will be very good. Yes, the food will be. Awesome. Oh yeah, definitely. Probably way better than whatever they got at the Bobcat Saloon or whatever. I can only imagine. Uh, You can also subscribe to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash worst bestsellers. Patreon is a service where you pledge a small monthly recurring donation that goes to us to do things like upgrade our equipment, keep our website running, uh, and commission artists to make uh, merch and stuff for us. And in return, you get perks like a newsletter and postcards and stickers in the mail. And speaking of merch, we have a new merch store with all sorts of excellent new designs for our podcast, including a Land of Dwartensia crest and a fucking whatever design that I want on every piece of merchandise possible. 
<laughs> you can find those by going to worstbestsellers.com and clicking on our merch tab. And on worstbestsellers.com, you can also find a link to our Discord server where you can chat with other fans of the show about basically literally whatever you want. And if you're looking for me on social media, I am mostly only on Tumblr and uh, Instagram these days at 14 across. And you folks are not super on social media, it sounds like, these days. I don't even have a publicly available social media account, I think, to plug. Uh, yes. So, um, yeah, just, I, but isn't it great that I'm all prepared? So on Saturation Day, I'll be, no one be able to find me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're, we've you're already done ahead. a great job. Yeah, we're we're ready to go uh, anytime. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm not posting on Instagram about why Joshua Tree hideout. Yeah, not only will not only will this so straight people not perceive me, basically no one will perceive me. <laughs> and I've really enjoyed it for the last several years. So yeah, no social media plug this time. Uh, I mean, I do still have some accounts, so if you find them, you can say hi. But I probably won't say hi back because social media is optional, and uh, my mental health is not. So here we are. Yeah. Well, thanks again, both of you, for coming and talking about this book with me. And we will be back, me and Renata and Duarte, the regular crew, in two weeks with Blessings from the Other Side by Sylvia Brown. Mm. Ooh. And until then, uh, it's been nice chatting with you, and uh, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. But yeah, so why don't we, what is, so what, when you, I don't remember how podcasts work. I'm very tired today, folks.